It is 8.10 p.m. on September 9th, 2019, year of our Lord. And we are, I don't know, five hours removed from Kako just absolutely dominating. Like, I was trying to think of a, a way to kind of talk about him and what this has been like. And the way that I've come is, well, you know what? My name is Joe Fortunato. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Michael Murphy. You're listening to Bantering the Blue Shirts, the flagship edition. I don't know. Mike and I didn't even talk about it, but I think we're doing two shows this week. Yeah, Michael. Pretty Pretty sure we have enough questions for you fucking slouches. Um, And we are five hours removed from Kako just dominating Traverse City. And this is what I've, I've come to, to think about, Michael. I, mm-hmm. Imagine your friend sets you up on a blind date, tells you this girl's beautiful, she's smart, she's funny, she's awesome. And you're sitting there and you're like, man, like, uh, there's no way somebody like that exists. And you go to the restaurant, hopefully something nice, hopefully you didn't take her to Chili's, you cheap fuck. Um, maybe you went to the nice little corner Italian place. Hey, I like chilies. And chilies. Uh, you, you, you go over there and uh, you, you look and there's this really pretty girl sitting at a table by herself. And you're like, there's no way that's her. And it's her. I mean, we could not have hyped up Kako Moore from really when he was taken in June to now. Everybody expected this tournament to be just him absolutely blowing away the competition. Then he got sick for two days. He didn't play for two games. He was kind of on yeah. and off. We didn't know if he was going to play today. And he played. He had a quiet 20 minutes and then just did everything and anything you could have possibly expected. I mean, I fucked up the beginning of the show. That's how impressed I was. I've said the F word three times. We're not even two minutes and eight seconds in yet. That's how impressed I've been with him. Killing me, Smalls. Well, we, we marked the show explicit for a reason, so... Yeah, because of you and your potty mouth. Uh, do you have anything to say right now, Michael? Yeah, it was it was very um, like it was so disappointing when you know everyone was amped up. This is the most anticipated Traverse City in probably either of our you know lifetimes, definitely within this generation of players. And uh, having to hear like, oh no, Capo can't play in game one with illness, can't play game two with illness, and then of course that first game the Rangers played, Joe, where was it a 7-4 loss? Um, that was not fun. Um, <laughs> and, you know, going from... Oh, no, was it 6-2? to two? My mistake, yeah. The Rangers won 7-4. It, just, it felt worse. Down. Yeah. Um, but it did feel pretty terrible. Like, uh, Rangers got on the board first in that one, and then I think Columbus scored six straight goals, and, you know, everyone was freaking out about Shesterkin, who's one of those guys where... You know, oh no, Capo Caco, at least we have Igor, at least we have, you know, Crabstop and Fox. And uh, that first game was pretty brutal. Like, the only shining lights were really, like, in my opinion, Brett Kemp and Fox. Brett Kemp had two goals, a free agent invite. And then in the second game, uh, Rangers won 7 4 over Dallas, as I said. And Fox just had a ridiculously good game. He had two goals and three assists, so he was just unbelievable crafts off had three assists and it was a nice and Huska was in that this time around it felt good and then today joe today we got our boy today we got capo caco and even though in my opinion i, th- I know adam 
shares this belief. I just read his analysis up on banter of uh, the third game of Traverse City. Kako kind of, like you said, he had a quiet first 20 minutes, but I would argue he, like, he, I think he was still battling something because he looked like he was playing with, like, half a gas tank to me. Like, he just looked a little sluggish sometimes, looked a little slow. And then just at the start of that third period, Rangers had that five-minute power play. He gets back-to-back power play assists, one primary, one secondary, on two Kravstov power play goals in a minute and 38 seconds. And then with, I think, like 99 seconds left in regulation, he gets a primary assist on kind of a sloppy goal uh, by, I think it was uh, Newell, who scored to tie the game up. And then in overtime, Joe, he just skated around everyone on the three-on-three. I think it was his second or third shift. I forget which one, but uh, it was unbelievable watching what he was able to do. And it's it was so great to me because we've seen him do that in highlights before, the way he uses his his body to shield the puck and to move around when he has that open ice to work with, and the way he you know creates offense by going behind the net. We've seen it over and over again in the highlights. And now we saw it with him in a Rangers jersey, and it was pretty damn great. It really, it, I mean, he literally scored a goal the way that, I don't know how many of you played NHL 94, which is kind of taken the rounds as like the great vintage hockey game, but there was a glitch in the game where if you went behind the net and you yeah, skated, what did you say, you son of a the, bitch? The goalie would get caught up on the right, post. Yeah, you knew exactly what I was talking about. I'm impressed. Yeah. If you skated all the way to the right past the net and then all the way back to the left, the goalie would get caught on the post. So it was unstoppable. The goalie would always get caught. You can go around and you could just score, and it was great. All day. That is literally – he looked like he was playing against 14-year-olds. And he's sick. They didn't even know if he was playing today. He just – like, he went around the net twice. Nobody could touch him. Just I, – I mean, look, we're going we're gonna to talk about everybody. I have a stock report that's going to go up um, that will likely go up tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. But the reality of the situation is – Capocacco was the best player on the ice, no holds bar, and that is incredibly impressive for a guy who could not play the past two games. I don't even know if he was practicing with them. This is the first time that he's gotten into a game with these guys. He looks great with Kravstov. Kravstov's ability to find open space is just, it, it's magnified by the, spe- uh, was, the fact that you so have... It was so great to see, because Kravstov kind of had something, I would say a little bit of a quiet first game in Traverse City, and I got the feeling that Maybe there was a little extra pressure on him with Capo out of the lineup. And then game two, he had three assists. And you could see him really start to make little moves and show those little flashes. And in today's game, Joe, he was sensational. It's not just the fact that he scored two power play goals in like, you know, a minute and 40 seconds. He also was making all sorts of moves, making great plays, you know, beating guys one-on-one. I think he drew at least one, maybe two penalties, as did Capo Caco, by the way. And to see him kind of find that, you know, find that confidence in the same game that we saw, you know, Capo Caco finally, you know, get delivered to us was pretty great. And uh, it, it, it almost didn't like Fox was so good the rest of this tournament that it didn't really bother me that he took like a bad penalty and had a pretty quiet game by his standards because the Capo Caco show was worth the wait. I, I thank God he did really well today. Well, yesterday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, because the way that this fan base reacted to game one 
was and Igor in particular. That it was, it was yeah. like we 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 warned you, we told you, over especially <laughs> for a goalie, especially, especially for, for a goalie. We tried to explain this to you, and instead of listening, y'all panicked. You panicked. You I, 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 just it's okay. It's all right. This tournament means nothing. It literally means nothing. Joe, you know how many goalies who played more than one game in Traverse City had an above 900 save percentage? Zero. Two. Only two. Was two e- Igor one of them? Uh, no. Igor finished with an 816 save percentage. It, it, again, it's impossible to... You, it's not. This is not a situation where, for a goalie, you're looking at stats. Uh, there's a reason why no one's really tracking advanced metrics for a tournament like this, or if someone is, you know... By, no by all means, yeah. um, but it's just not. This is not something to get worked up about. You can get hyped about it. You can get excited about it. Even that needs to be taken with a grain of salt. But this is not something to get like mad about. To be panicking about. I think I tweeted that it, we unanimously last Thursday supported the fact that the New York Rangers were uh, just they were the top prospect farm system ranked by any respectable evaluator 24 hours later people were willing to burn the farm system to the ground because the rangers were losing to columbus i believe in the first game of the the traverse city i mean come on what are we doing here yeah that was i don't know i maybe it's just the the long wait people like they're they're hyped up they want to see hockey and uh you know brett kemp scored you know the first goal of the game and you know it took a little while for that game to heat up and then at the end of that first period, everything unraveled, and and the thing that was most frustrating to me is everything we talked about. Joe is like, there's no structure. How many goddamn breakaways and two on ones did Igor face in in these in the two games he played in, especially against Columbus? Like it was just wide open. Like teams were just flying, and it, I think it's also worth saying that the Rangers definitely missed Capocacco in those first two games because. They had so much talent on that blue line um, in terms of the guys they were able to dress, although it's it's interesting that uh, Igor Rikov wasn't uh, in the lineup for tonight's game. He was a healthy scratch. Um, but looking at like what was there on the blue line compared to what we had in terms of forwards, the vast majority of the free agent invites were forwards. And, you know, and, you know those who weren't free agent invites were, there was also, you know, sprinkled in there were a bunch of guys who were on, you know, Hartford, uh, contracts, you know, and it, it was pretty much like Kravstov and and Henrik Carlson, like you know, and and what the Rangers had after that, and Brett Kemp really impressed among those free agent invites, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, what was it was it Domolsky or I, I can never say his name right. Um, he also played pretty well. Uh, Don't look had, at me. To, I mean, I mean, yeah, here's he one of the points. Domolsky. One of the points I think we have to make... He had two goals and assists in three games, so he had a good uh, first three games at Traverse City. The only players you really give a shit about in this tournament are the players that we've talked about already. All the invites, fine. They're there to kind of fill roles. It's Fox, Kravstoff, it's Kako, it's Rykoff, it's... Who am I missing? Henriksen. 
Am I missing anyone else? Yeah, we wanted to see Matthew Robertson. Yeah, um, Matthew Robertson's the other one. Like those, those are the ones where and, uh, Tarmo Tarmoroinen, and I thought played. Oh, uh, and you're correct. Those are the ones that you really wanted to look at. Like the rest, it just doesn't. There's not really. It, 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 nobody is making a name for themselves in this tournament. They're free agent invites for roster spots to be filled. There, it's just. The guys that we've wanted to see have played really, really well in this tournament. Mm. And I don't think anybody's really stood out in a bad way. Um, Shesterkin, I guess we have to start calling him Shesterkin because that's the way he changed the, his name. The, he's getting a lot of flack for, listen, did he give up a couple of soft goals? Sure. I don't think that's insane to say. Um, I, I, I just see my son's pissed about it. He doesn't understand. Um I just don't necessarily think that you can use this tournament for a really good evaluation. You can't really use it for a really bad evaluation. But, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen anything that we would consider really bad from the guys that we needed to be good. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. There is nothing there that was alarming to me in, in like any way, shape, or form. There were little things like, oh, you know, you know some things like you know mistakes on two-on-ones, you know, every once in a while... Uh, you'd see Adam Fox make a, a jump and maybe not get there all the way. And, you know, a lot of times where the D would kind of leave each other stranded now and then. But none of that is surprising, considering the fact that these guys were just kind of thrown on the ice, you know, together for, you know, a week, essentially, of hockey with, you know, practicing in three games. And, uh, you know, we know that... Uh, Literally no... Like, yes. no cohesiveness whatsoever. Yeah, that's. A, I think that especially shows up in things like, you know, D pairs and and coverage assignments, especially, you know, in transition where the Rangers got smoked the first three games at Traverse City, you know, before their placement game, which... Again, to be expected. Play. Certainly so to be expected. Point. Yeah, it, it's it's all to be expected. And, you know, I, I would have liked to see, you know, some some better play out of those guys who, you know, we, you and I were just kind of like, oh, yeah, and also we want to see, you know, Carl Hendrickson, you know, play well, and Matthew Robertson, yada, yada, yada. But like Joey Keane, you know, forgot about him. Yeah, but I really feel like that, that first game, it was almost just like throw it away. It was so sloppy from both teams, and it just so happened that, you know, Dallas was the team that ended up lighting the lamp more. It was just a crazy game without a lot of structure. And, you know, so it was not obviously Igor Shesterkin's best performance, but like I said, he faced a ton of breakaways, ton of odd man rushes. So yeah, I I'm would not, not be worried about Shesterkin at not, all. Uh, I'm not quick to, like, hang that loss on him. Because the other thing is, Joe, it's it's a loss, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter no, if you want to lose these games. You just want to see these guys. Just like the final 10 minutes of the Giants game yesterday, it just doesn't fucking matter. That's why you should have put Daniel Jones in, you pieces of shit, earlier. Ooh. I mean, the best part about the Giants season is the fact that the Rangers season is right around the corner. So that's. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Saquon Barkley is fun as hell to watch. Yeah, well, too bad he doesn't get the goddamn ball. All right, that's enough. That's enough football talk on this podcast. We stick to one sport here, um, and that is the sport of lovemaking. Um, the other, if you're going to talk about Kako playing really well, we kind of touched on the fact that Kravstov looked really good. I mean, Adam Fox. We talked about all the reasons why. He was not necessarily somebody that we were expecting an enormous jump from for legitimate reasons where it's very hard to play defense in this tournament. And, you know, it's hard for an offensive puck mover like him to really do damage without some gelling with his line mates. 
He was un- five point night in game two. I think he had an ass- at least an assist in game three. It's hard to find official stats. Um, I mean, yeah, he's find he is having legitimately an unbelievable tournament top to bottom. And that disaster that was game one, Fox was the team's best player. He was probably their best player in game two. And aside from Kako and Kravstov, he was two. third best player in game three. Talk so, about it, Mike. Well, these are, you know, these stats come with an asterisk. It's on the point streaks uh, stats. And, you know, after three games, it's Fox and Kravstov leading the team in points five and five. But what stands out to me is Adam Fox in three games had 13 shots, Joe. 13 shots to lead the And when you, like, watching him play, especially in that first game, like I said, we're so sloppy and the structure was so bad, he, I think he was the best player on the ice for both teams, really. Like, maybe, you know, Texier was pretty good uh, on Columbus, and which is not surprising because Columbus had, a, you know, a lot of guys who actually had a little taste of NHL, if not AHL experience on their roster, whereas the Rangers only had, you know, a little sprinkling of that, if at all. Um, you know, with their guys like Newell and Elmer, but uh, and uh, Joey Keaton for that matter too, actually. But like looking at what Fox was able to do is his ability to read and react. Like when he had the puck on his stick, it just seemed like everyone paid. Like the game changes every time he gets the puck on his stick. He just looked light years ahead of everyone else around him, and that was just that was a story in game one and game two. And it, the best part to me, Joe, was. It wasn't just the power play. He did it even strength, too. And he was, like, every once in a while, he would just go end-to-end. I know it happened in the power play in Game 3 where he just went end-to-end. It was a Rangers power play, but he just effortless zone entry. Just, I really didn't appreciate how good of a skater he is. Um, And, you know, maybe he just looked really good compared to these guys as opposed to NHL-caliber skaters. But, holy hell, is he fun to watch and creative and... I, this guy has all the makings of like a truly elite power play quarterback, like someone who can make, you know, Anthony D'Angelo become like an afterthought, you know, within a couple of years time. That's how good Fox is with the puck on a stick. It's unreal. I've been just incredibly impressed at the fact that there are so many reasons to not play well in a tournament like this for Fox, but kind of forget about him. For Kravstov, too, first time on North American ice, which for a forward is a big deal because it's and it's a lot smaller. Game plan for you um, right, people are, people are prepared. There's no more Kako, so you're really the goal scorer on the first line. And it's just, it's really good to see that he's kind of standing out. And you did expect it in a sense, as much as you could talk about how there's plenty of reasons why a guy like him would not succeed. There's plenty of reasons why he would, too. He's played two years in the KHL. He's a monster. So I really like the the chemistry with him and Kako. Fuck, maybe we could see him on a line with Hedl and Kako. I don't know. That would be crazy. But I, I genuinely... Down the road, I, sign me up. I, I genuinely think that the New York Rangers, they, they have something in Kravstov. And, and look, not necessarily because he looks good in Traverse City, but because this is a kid who theoretically is ready to make the jump to the NHL, you should expect him to do really well in this tournament. And he has been. And he's it's it's just it's really nice to see. Seeing yeah, that's, Fox that's do the same thing should, is great. Yeah, that's something I feel like we should definitely point out is after, you know, all the placement games are done, Joe, and Chase Pearson of Detroit 
led everyone in points with six. He had four goals and two assists. Uh, among these six guys, I think, that were tied for second in points with five points were Fox and Kravstov. And Kravstov had as many points as Philip Zadina. Like, that's, that's, you know, that's really good news for the Rangers. And, you know, he had, you know, and of course, you know, this is just counting stats, but just looking at what he was able to do, like, you know, outshining guys like Ty Delandre and, and, you know, like, being able to make that impact when he had to adjust. And, of course, you know, there's a little bit of extra pressure on him. And, you know, I think it's safe to say that he is, generally speaking, a kind of a, a playmaker, creative guy first over a finisher. And seeing him score back-to-back power play goals like that and draw those penalties, man, that was so nice to see. And it just made me feel like, uh, you know, he did, I think the first time he went down on that in the third period there, and he looked to the ref, he was trying to get a call, and that might be something he has to adjust to is a, you know, the physical aspect of the game. So if he has a super quiet first 20 games of his rookie season at the NHL level, I'm not going to sweat it because he has to learn that stuff. But he has a big frame. You know, he just needs to add some muscle, and when that happens, I think everything is going to be fine. I think right now he's listed at 6'3", 183. And, you know, when you watch him, like even a super sick Capo Caco had guys bouncing off of him in today's game. Whereas, you know, Kravstov, when he was drawing penalties, he was ending up down on the ice. And you you want to see guys draw penalties because that means they're putting defenders in, in bad positions where they have to take penalties. But you want them to stay on their skates if they can. And, you know, that may be the only real criticism I had of his game is I just wish he had a little better strength and balance when he was making those moves on the outside, but God, he was creative. He was making like smart passes into dangerous areas. And, you know, when Kako was kind of quiet through the first 40 minutes, that was when Kravstov was shining. And then in that early third period, just bang, bang, two power play goals back to back. And set up by Kako himself. Yeah. Just like that. He tied with Fox for, for points through the first three games. So, Love to see that. Love to see him show that. And, like, I I don't think it's a stretch for us to assume this guy is right on the fringe or NHL ready. But the bottom line is, like, some of these kids who are going to be in the, you know, training camp and, you know, the preseason and the first games of the regular season, not everyone has to be, like, being NHL ready is not a black and white thing. Like, you need seasoning. And maybe he needs some seasoning in the AHL, and that's fine. But... If he doesn't end up playing most of the season at the NHL level this year, I'd be really, really surprised. Yeah, and the Rangers are in a position where it, it you know, sort of does not matter. Um, again, we're not it's fully, we're not fully expecting the Rangers to, uh, we're not fully expecting the Rangers to maybe be Stanley Cup contenders this year. So, this is an opportunity hey, yeah. for the Rangers to just I kind think of play. A, a these lot guys. has to go crazy for them to be a wild card team. Yeah, hundred percent. So, there's just not much that you you got to give some of these kids the same conversation that we had with Leah Sanderson and Brett Howden and Filipita last year. You got to give them some time to marinate. They're very good at what they do. Kako is really the only one that, like, and even him to an extent, you got to back up on. But if Kako goes out there and he has 15 points this year, yeah, that's a disappointing season for Kako Kako. Yeah, but if he ends up with, like, you know... 38 instead of 60 no that's fine that's totally fine no there there's definitely out. hard lines in the sand where 
you know, I would expect him to put up anywhere between 30 and 50 points, and I think that's fine. I mean, it, it, you can go down the list of players who have become stars in the NHL that have not had great, especially at his age. But all the signs point to the fact that he is going to be somebody who's going to be able to step up right away. Michael, before we go any further, you know what we're going to do? What are we going to do, buddy? We're going to wait until the 24-minute mark, and we're going to give a word to our sponsors. So Michael and I will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now we're back. Um, I don't know what product that was, Joe, but goddamn, do I love it! I don't know either. We did so. We did this last week. We're 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 going kind of going in blind on this one, and uh, it was a Hooters. It was an ad for Hooters. So um, this week, I'm going to guess it's for. Uh, it's for Stay Puffed Marshmallows. State Puffed Marshmallows? No, stay Puffed. Oh, Stay, stay Puffed. I was going to say, is the State Puffing Marshmallows? Yeah, State Farm Insurance Agency Marshmallows. That's interesting. Okay. Um, let's talk about Michael Haley. Yeah, about that. Um, I kind of don't give a shit. I don't... <laughs> I mean, you should give a shit. It's part of our job to give a shit. There, no, I, I mean, I, I just I like there was a, there was a life. lot of anger. There's no, who gives a shit. This is either to scare Lemieux into taking his just qualifying oh, offer, yes, QO, yeah, or the or Rangers legitimately think yeah. that he's a good hockey player that they want. I mean, didn't the Rangers invite him last year? Wasn't Michael Haley a Ranger at one point? He was a Ranger at one point, buddy. Uh, I, I think he played. I think ago. he was an invite last year too. I'm almost positive. Um. Well, it's. I'm gonna look it up right now. Terrible yeah, podcasting. I'll, well, I'll keep talking. He was a Ranger a couple seasons ago. He played against um, the Islanders, I think. And he had yeah. Well, he obviously made his name in the NHL with the Islanders. Then he ended up with the Rangers and then was with the Sharks for the past couple seasons as a... Oh, shit, he's played in 248 NHL games. Yeah, he's actually been been around. A cup uh, of coffee. Yeah, I wrote, a, I wrote a little bit up about him. Like, it's hard to believe he's already 33. Um, you know, and 31 points in his career and 637 penalty minutes. So you, you get an idea of what sort of player he is. But as Joe mentioned, like, this is a guy who... Like, let's be real here. He's he's here to put pressure on Brendan Lemieux, and maybe, you know, this is the front office's way of saying, you know, we want a guy like that in camp, uh, you know, especially with those young guys. Maybe there's a quote-unquote old-school good idea to have that sort of guy who's just there, like, I'm going to earn my living in the NHL the hard way. And being around a bunch of kids who have had natural skill or, you know, have worked on their skill game and may not be as accustomed to, you know, working your ass off, ending up in the, you know, locker room during intermission, wiping blood off your knuckles or face. Like, there's other ways to make it in the NHL. And Michael Haley is kind of a relic of that. Uh, like I mentioned, he's 33 already, which really surprised me when I wrote up the, the newser for him. It also surprised me that his name is spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-L. Um, I remember Just all I... you Michaels spelling your name stupidly to confuse us. Yeah. 
I remember my uh, my teachers used to give me shit when I was little because I used to do that every once in a while. Um, but you know, this is a team, Joe. That's only you know, it's pretty you know, it's pretty recent. They had Cody McLeod and they re-signed Cody McLeod and they then traded and, Cody McLeod for and a second. And they had a pick. you know, they also had a. a you know who it was? It was Bobby Farnham that gave a PTO. Yeah, you're right. I he I yeah. just remember the fact that he was a, a Ranger. And now I see that he was yeah, a Ranger yeah. for two years. He played nine games, 2012 to 13, yeah, 69, yeah. nice, with the Connecticut Whale. And then he nice. was an assistant captain for the Hartford Wolfpack the year after, 13-14. Then yeah, a lot so of time in San Jose, Florida. That's probably why he's got the invite. It's the fact that he's known to the organization. We see yeah, that a lot. Ra- with- yeah, the Rangers are not very creative. And, you know... Uh, I understand why people would be like, what the hell is this? Especially... What the hell is this? But, like you said, it's not a big deal. This only becomes a big deal if we hear scuttlebutt about him getting offered, you know, a veteran minimum to stick around. Or, you know, maybe he's just trying to say, like, I just want to try and be a 13th, 14th NHL forward who plays primarily in the AHL at this stage of his career. I don't know what Michael Haley wants. I don't know what the Rangers want here. Um, Well, Michael Haley wants a shot at the show. Yeah, Michael Haley wants to stay in the show. The Rangers and want somebody who's going to come fill in and play a couple of games in the preseason and maybe throw the gloves down a bit and then hopefully just send him away. I mean, it would be, it would be insane. Like, that was my reaction was, listen, if you, if you want to be mad about this, be mad about this in October if he's still on the team. For right now, who, like, it is what it is. Who gives a shit? This is just, to me, it's, like, I understand people getting a little prickly about it, but it's business as usual. This is just a guy who's in training camp. There's nothing that says he's going to stick around. There's nothing that says he's going to take away an opportunity from a kid. Um, you know, I, maybe there's something about Michael Haley we don't know, that he has that, like, perfect, uh, that perfect mixture of character traits that makes him, like, an ideal guy to have in training camp. Who the hell knows, Joe, right? But... Uh, you know, Carp reported this first, and you know it's no surprise. You know, I I don't know why I bothered to look at it, but I looked up uh, you know his underlying numbers. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, he's not good. He's not he's not no. a very good. Uh, he's good at what he does. It he just has happens below to... like for a fourth liner, he scores well below average the replacement level for a fourth liner, and you know what he brings is hitting people and and punching when necessary and when necessary. maybe that's what the rangers want in training camp in the preseason <sighs> yeah well got to protect the kids got to protect the kiddos uh He's a okay guard for the kids ooh i kind of like that you know get them hmm. an orange vest and a little stop sign with a popsicle stick helps the kids across it. the street and and then maybe tells them a joke or something as they go yeah i don't know my we had a crossing guard that used to she would our middle school and high school were across the street from one another and she would just cross people all the time even high schoolers like seniors in high school would get crossed by the crossing guard that's my story about that um guards make good money these are the things i wonder i have a co-worker mm-hmm. i'm not going to use her name her grandma the, the town bernadette. Her name the town sign wouldn't it be funny if her name was actually bernadette though i haven't met a bernadette uh, neither have I. Um, so you can confidence. So we'll call her Bernadette because it's not Bernadette. The town petitioned like the school district to have her fired because her grandmother on multiple occasions fell asleep while being a crossing guard. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. That's hardcore right there. You're so... You need your nap, so you just nap while 
you know, kids across the street. It's fine. It's all fine. Um, okay. They played Frogger. They're going to be fine. Yeah, they, play, they know. Well, we played Frogger. You learn how to just leap around traffic. I don't know I if the kids these days did. My my dentist's office had. They Frogger, don't know. I, think. I wasn't a huge fan of Frogger, to be completely honest with neither, you. Neither was I. I was, it was just one of those things where everyone was good at the first five minutes, and then everything fell to shit. And you're like, "This is just impossible. This is just epilepsy." The game. Yeah. Well. Just panic attacks. Uh, I was thinking about Dot Hack recently. You ever played Dot Hack? Oh, I know of it. I had friends who played it. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a great game, old school game, but a great game. Oh, Joe, we forgot the other Rangers news. Um, former Ranger Tom Laidlaw is going to be on Survivor. I didn't even know he was a like. I don't know who that guy is. Well, he was well before our time. He wore uh, number two before Brian Lee. Oh well, this it's blasphemous. He was honored as the eighty seventh greatest Ranger in the book One Hundred Rangers Greats. Oh, he must have been pretty good then. Yeah, he was uh, he was pretty good. He was a well, defenseman, um, you know, a former. I think it was like a former sixth round pick, ninety third overall in the nineteen seventy eight draft, which is why you and I, you know, he, he's a name that I'm familiar with, but I don't know his uh, his history with the Rangers specifically. But he's now sixty years old, and he's the first uh, former NHLer that's going to be on Survivor, which I honestly didn't know was still on television. Yeah, I sell television, and that's the only reason why I know it. Um, all right, final topic. Yeah. For the flagship show, Lemieux, D'Angelo, what the fuck? It's kind of where things stand right now. Is what the fuck? What and they're not. It's not even the crate. Like, Line A is still a restricted free agent. Braden Point is still not signed. Mitch Marner is still not signed. Yeah, we've seen the like Clayton Keller signed a big extension, which is. Uh, um, uh, can we just say? And you know what? Jake Gardner signed. Uh, he did. He, was, he signed a... He was the best UFA left, and he signed a great little sweetheart of a deal. Yeah, for Carolina. Did you know that Clayton Keller Back was kind from, of bad? I didn't know that. I... Well, I knew his underlying numbers weren't great, but I thought to myself, one, Arizona, two, he's young. Um, what, you know, what is, and what's around what does the Arizona thing mean? Well, you know, Arizona hasn't won a lot of hockey games. Yet. Well, yeah, they have... I mean, they have to keep him. They don't have a choice. Yeah, I, di- I didn't realize his underlying numbers were. Yeah, his defensive quite... metrics are, are like legitimately. Yeah, we're uh, soul crushing. Yeah, pretty alarming, I would say. Um, it's going to be interesting to me what happens if they put you know they got Kessel now and he's not exactly known for being a great defense, know, the greatest defensive player. So, uh, best of luck to Derek Stepan. We love you and uh, my boy. <laughs> keep your chin up. Uh, he knows what it's like. He's done that before on Broadway. I, like, what is happening? Like, what could Lemieux really think is going to happen at this point? Does he really think he's oh, you know, earned? Marinsky was a big RFA. Oh, yeah, that's true. That He just signed today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I forgot him. But, yeah, he was the other big one. So, like, there's a trickle, Joe, but still fucking nobody, really, is, is the answer. Like, there's, like you said, Line A, Matthew Kachuk, Brock Besser... McAvoy, Rantanen, Braden Point, Kyle Connor, like Mitch Marner, obviously the biggest name on the list. Just oh boy, and of course mm. D'Angelo and the Mew. What do you say? Like, what is the Mew hoping for here? I don't know. Like, I to me he is a like give him one million, call it a day. I just I don't even. I mean, I understand why the Rangers are holding tight to their the qualifying offer deal because they do not have the money. They don't have the money to kind of go crazy here. But Lemieux, what are you what are you holding out for? 
I mean, like, what does he expect? Yeah, the thing that kills me with him is he, in 72 NHL games, he has 13 goals, which you're like, oh, all right, but then five assists and 129 penalty minutes. So, you know, like, what what is that, like, what does that equal in, in, in dollars? And he was, you know, a very early second round pick, like the first pick of the second round in the 2014 draft by Buffalo. But this is a guy who's moved around. Um, and this is a guy who, you know, played 19 games with the team he's with now. And he knows that this team is, you know, cap strapped. He's, he knows that he's not an important player in, for this team in, in like the big I picture. don't think he knows that. Yeah, that's the thing that I... Because then he'd I be here. To. I think he's under the impression that, or at least him and his father, who's his, his agent, like, they're under the impression that he was the big piece involved in that... Uh, you know, in the trade for, you know, the Kevin Hayes trade as opposed to the first rounder, which obviously was the the main asset there, because Brendan Lemieux is not worth the first round. Like he's he was completely overshadowed by the value of that twentieth overall pick that the Rangers got in that Kevin Hayes trade, which of course they used to flip back to Winnipeg to get Jacob Truba. Brendan Lemieux just is not that important. Like, and I'm not saying he can't be. A, perfectly good bottom six NHL forward, but he's not the sort of guy who we should end up in a contract holdout with. No, and, and it's shocking that he's even in this position, to be yeah, completely that's, honest. That's the real thing here. I think you might have hit the nail on the head with the fact that he might think he's he is that player. Like, he's he has a... a it, it, like, Sean Avery himself. in his prime, he held out for a reason, and I get it. I understand that. But Sean Avery was the only like Sean Avery game in a hundred percent, and it's he it's was, different now. And I, listen, I'm not trying player. to disparage. Yeah. Like, listen, Lemieux, get your money. I mean, we've seen. Yeah, please uh, go get your money. Go, we, we've seen across sports lines with Andrew yeah. Luck retiring and just this contemplation of you know players getting what they need out of the game and then backing away. It's it's not easy, but. By the same token, what I don't know what he's expecting. And I don't know what the Rangers... Like, it's very weird to me that they've reached this point, right? They've reached the point where we're almost at training camp. Yeah. And these negotiations have not gone out and become public. And that's strange. It really is strange to me. Because you would think somebody would be upset on some side and they would release something, and they're not. Yeah, of the remaining RFAs, Joe, I just checked. There's him and Saku Menelainen uh, from Carolina, who's 25, who played in 34 games last season. After Menelainen, Lemieux is the lowest scoring guy among the RFA forwards who are left in terms of points per game. He had 17 points in 63 games left. Yeah, like we, we know why you're here, Lemieux. Yeah, he, 12 goals, um, which is very nice and respectable, but five assists. He's a one-trick pony. Like, he, he scores goals, he agitates. That's that's his game. Which, when done properly, there is an immense it amount of value. value. And it has value, but, but I, you can't... I don't think you can negotiate and, like, uh, or, like, you, you can angle as successfully for, you know, getting a pay bump when you're that player as opposed to your Pavel Buchnevich. Right, and, and here's the point that I was going to make. Lemieux has value. Players like that have value. But the value is cheap. 
like Lemieux, the benefit of Lemieux is the fact that if he's even, you know, a tenth of the player that you kind of hope he would be, right? He's not Sean Avery. But if he's half of Sean Avery, there's value to having him because then the Rangers don't have somebody else. They don't have a Tanner Glass. They have somebody who can actually play. And that's 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 immensely valuable to this organization. The flip side is Lemieux's talent and skill sets are cheap. Now, there's immense value in having him around, even slightly overpaid, because it keeps you away from players who cannot play. But Lemieux slightly overpaid is like a $1.1 million deal. And I think he thinks he deserves that and more. You know, he's doing the team a bargain. So he needs. He, I don't think he, he and his agent realize that he's going to... Well, his father. He's, yeah, he's angling for probably a, a contract with term. There's no way he doesn't end up with a show-me deal. Yeah, I would, and the I Rangers would are in a position where they that. have enough guys like you know the Greg McKegs and Booney Evises of the world. They can move forward without Brendan Lemieux. I 100% agree. D'Angelo, I, really I think, think, is a completely really different case. I don't know what the deal yeah. is with D'Angelo. I don't know. Yeah, what the... we went over this a lot last week's show, but it's still. It's just weird that it's a week later and we still don't have an answer on D'Angelo. Yeah, but you know that was weird last week and the week before that you know it's been just completely silent and you know as we see some of these these deals get done with these rfas like you know d'angelo by no means is the biggest name on this list and he's also by no means the biggest uh rfa defenseman on this list like there's you know brandon carlo charlie mcavoy and ivan provorov who are all also rfas um and d'angelo is older than all of them so you know he's and obviously he has the you know the baggage in terms of the amount of times he's moved around attached to him which would lead you to believe that he would be he and his agent would be maybe a little understanding of a you know a one-year deal where he does get paid not like you know a complete kid but he gets some money but not enough money to you know like feel really stable or whatever because he was on his entry level because it, it slid two years, Joe. So this would be his first contract outside of his entry-level contract. And I don't think he, he also doesn't want to settle for just that one-year deal. But that's what the Rangers are going to be able to afford and are going to be able to give him. Right, They're but just... again, like it's it's bizarre that there's no public negotiations. The Rangers used Larry Brooks as a vertical for or a vehicle for just almost everything. Buying right. out Chattenkirk, going through... All these different things that they were going to do, and n- literally nothing has come out about these negotiations, and I find that astounding. I really do. It's just crazy yeah. to me. I'm surprised both sides haven't. Neither side has like turned to the media. To that's that's exactly what I'm. You, yeah. Especially in D'Angelo's case, like, hey, listen, we, a little bit, yeah. we think we deserve X, and we're not getting it. So you know, we're going to call up Elliot Friedman. You know. Let him know, like, Drop hey, a line. Yeah, I'm pissed. I mean, it's uh, listen, it's not the biggest news in the world to those guys. But um, leave five stars on this show. Leave a review. That would be very nice if you did that stuff. Um, oh, and uh, if you were owed a mug or stickers, everything, uh, everyone who is due a mug or stickers, it's in the mail. So here's the thing. Mike has been... a minute for the mugs to get there. But Mike has cool. been stealing money from this show for years. Okay. Sure. This is a, a million dollar show, and I've seen maybe fifty dollars from this show. You think, you think black tar horse is cheap? <laughs> what is black tar horse? You're, apparently, the street name for heroin is horse. Really? See, how would so, you even know that? 
I watched a lot of true crime crap. That's interesting. What, what were you? You were involved in the government in another show, weren't you? I want to say something black about black tar heroin. Oh, you so were I using other people's with, penises. That was it. With black tar horse. Yeah, that was that was what it was. Um, leave I a nice my new Reddit username, black tar horse. Leave a nice review, five stars. Um, a lot of you have gone and done that. Thank you. It helps other people find us. Uh, that stuff is important for growing. If you can the ship show. into Patreon, do so. If you can't, I still love you. Uh, you know what? If you can't, I think we got a pretty serious problem because Mike is pissed. You think Black Tar Horse comes cheap? And uh, Saturday, this Saturday, if you are listening to this, the week of the 9th, uh, Saturday the 14th, do you have plans? No, you don't have plans because you're listening to a podcast, so that immediately means that you have no plans. Um, if you could just get out of your mother's basement for a few hours. You're getting on the subway. Okay, just just get, on, get out of the basement, apply the sunscreen because you don't have... Your skin's not ready for the sun yet, so that's kind of a problem for you. Fuck the weather is finally um, cooling down. It, it's it's yeah, it's going to be a little cooler. You won't be sweating as much. That's good. Um, you're going to meet us, okay, at the gin mill. You hear me? And you're going to come, and Mike and I are going to be doing a live podcast with the Blue Shirts Breakaway Boys, and Mike is going to be shirtless. He's agreed to this already. It's a verbal contract. He's going to be blasting the nips. So if you want Mike's blasted nips, um, I will not be shirtless. You come that he's admitting that he'll be shirtless. You come to the show, okay? That's all I'm going to say about that. Joe, you want to know what's on their slider menu? Uh, sure. F- fucking delicious shit. There's a slider sampler. Eight a sliders. Slider sampler. Two each of pulled pork, CB, Californian mac and cheese. Ooh, little California you know, mac and cheese. A CB slider is topped with cheddar and bacon. Mm, that sounds good. Um, so yeah, like come. Yeah. Come to the show, okay? It's got sports crap on the walls. It's a fun little place. Wood floors. Sports crap all over the walls. That's what you need to know. Sports that's what crap. that's what you need to know. All right, there's the floors are a little sticky, but sports it's Sports crap, good friends. Um, uh, Adam Noick is for my shirt. I'm going to punch him right in the duodenum. Mike's going to be shirtless, blasting the nips. Adam Nowick, Aiden Gaspar, Alex Gardner, Amiel Kistner, Andre Chicagoff, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa, Bobby Callahan, Chris Habibi, Chris Lucas, Chris O'Connor, CJ Viola, I'm sorry, CJ Vivola, Clark Carroll, Craig Loshlin, Dan Carosi, Dan Sapar, Sapor? Dan Sapor? Zapor, I feel like he's told me how to say that. Yes, Sapor. Zapor? Has he corrected you? There's a C there, man. I don't know. No. Daniel DeJan, Danny Santiago, David L. Singer, Eric Cohn, Eric Carlson, Fancy Lawrence, Gabriel Vargas, 50, Igor Zatlovsky, James Dangles, Jeffrey Stein, Jermaine Francis, John Preptepelsky. I've been telling you to tell me how to, how to say your name. Pre- what are you saying? Predspelsky. Predspelsky. Johnny, Johnny P. John Reppy, Johnny Lowe, Jordan Sassone, Joshua Zarkin, Keith Franchillo, Manny from South Carolina, Matt from Brooklyn, Guy from Montana, um, Michael Canick, Michael Marcus, Michael Scott, Michael Silvers, Panerwin2020, Patrick Landolt, Sammy Vogel, Seidenberg. Seidenberg. Yeah, some of these names go too long. Stephanie Benvengo, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Robert, The Tin Man, Thomas Osa, Next page. Trevor Kepner and WMM339. Thank you all for being patrons. You guys should all be patrons. And if you're not, Mike is not going to put his nips out for the show. Goodbye.